and welcome to the Autism 360 podcast, the 360 Method, a podcast where we talk about everything Autism 360. Each week we'll be catching up with what's going on in the program, chatting with team members and talking all things mindset, as well as exploring relevant ideas uh, that autism parents think about. So I'm your host, Ella Bailey, and each week I am lucky enough to be joined by the delightful Renee. Welcome back, Renee. Hello. It's great to be back, Ella. I have missed our (laughs) podcast and all our wonderful parents out there. So hello, everyone. Yes. Welcome to you, our lovely listeners. Um, We care about you. We care about your thoughts, your experiences of the podcast. So please, whether you're a program member or not, please do reach out to us at hello at autism360.com. We would love to hear from you. And that is where parents can also drop us questions, comments, anything that you'd like to be addressed on the podcast. So before we start, um, I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on whose land I live and work and from where this podcast is being broadcast today. Today's podcast does not substitute for medical advice. Um, if you're worried about yourself or your child, please do reach out to a medical or allied health professional. So today, what are we talking about, Renee? So today we're looking at, I think, which is a very common topic, stress and anxiety. So I think everyone can relate to that, particularly parents. Um, it's, it's a really important topic. So we're going to look at how you can overcome that, how you can manage that, and um, yeah, really reduce those, those feelings if you are struggling with stress and anxiety. Yes, I know it is such a common one for parents, isn't it? We're getting a lot of parents on the program at the moment who are really feeling that sort of not quite halfway through the year feeling, feeling quite um, overwhelmed with um, everything that's going on. Um, It's something that I certainly see a lot of in the program. So what are your main thoughts that we're going to be chatting about today? Yeah, so look, you know, this is one that I think everyone deals with on some level and um, if it gets to that point where you really are struggling, obviously reach out and get some more support. Uh, But today we're going to share some tips with you how you can manage that. Uh, So my first tip is, look, I think sometimes when we are running on empty, that's when things really do get to us. You know, it's like when we're feeling good and our cup is full, we're able to deal with things so much better. And I think a lot of the time uh, our parents are just really running on empty. They are giving so much of themselves in every way, in so many directions Um, that they're just running on empty and when we're at that point obviously everything feels bigger seems bigger can start to feel overwhelming and um, and our stress levels obviously going to be higher so my first tip is is to look at you know first of all where is your cup right now look at you know if you're going to gauge that are you a bit on empty are you a bit halfway maybe you, you know you're doing quite well and it's sort of almost full but just check in with where you are at the moment And then the key is to look at how you can fill your cup up, okay? And the thing is, is that as parents, I think sometimes we think it's selfish to do things for ourselves, or, you know, there's that guilt of, oh, no, but I've got so much to do. I I couldn't possibly go out and have a walk um, once, you know, once a day or um, find that time just to, you know, for me. But it is so important because we can't pour from an empty cup. And if you want to be at your best and be able to keep giving, you need to replenish that cup. You need to fill yourself up and find those things that help you feel good. So 
exercise, things like mm. that. You know, can you get out and just find 20 minutes to just walk outside, get some fresh air? Um, maybe it's doing some meditation. I often say to parents at night, look, you know, when you're in bed at night, five or 10 minutes just to have some meditation time for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, they're things that we can fit into our day. You know, I know a lot of parents don't have a lot of time. So it's just looking at you know, where you can find that time for yourself to replenish yourself. If you're sitting on social media and things like that, not really going to be quality time to fill your cup up. It probably leaves you feeling a bit more empty if, you, if you're honest at, at times because then there's that comparison about, oh, well, all these people are living these great lives, you know, um, and, and I'm dealing with this. So I just wouldn't make that time you have for yourself quality time. Look at, you know, where can I get those small chunks of time for myself to fill my own cup up? Because when you do that, you know, when you feel good and your child's being difficult, it's like, oh, I can handle that. You know, I'm not totally. I'm not feeling depleted. Like, you know, I'm going to break at any moment. So my first tip is to fill your cup up mm. and look at what you can do and make that a priority because you'll be a better parent, you'll be a better partner, you'll be, you know, a better person, mm. you'll be happier and everyone benefits from that. So uh, I think that it's an obvious one, but it is one that I really encourage you to just look at what can you do regularly um, to manage yourself, your state, all of those things are super important. What do you think, Hella? That is a super interesting point. And my thought was, do you think parents know innately where their cup is? Or do you think it takes time to learn how to read yourself, to know how stressed or not stressed you are? What do you think? What do you see? Yeah, look, I think it's one of those things that when you start being mindful of it, you become a bit more aware. So anytime I ask in the group session, where are you right now? Everyone knows straight away. Yeah. They're like, I'm on empty. My cup has disappeared. Yes, it's yeah. usually not great. Yeah. Um, and it's just taking that time to just actually check in with ourselves mm -hmm. and go, where am I? Okay, I need to manage this. And not when things are at that breaking point, but have things regularly to fill it up. That is that is the difference. So that each week you go, well, I know that's for me. Um, I'm not saying be unrealistic, like go off and have, you know, a three-hour lunch, things like that. <laughs> nice if you can catch up with friends and things, but just look at what are those things that really fill you up and make some time for that during the week. Make that a priority. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So that that is my first tip for today. Um, the second one is like, what are you focusing on? Okay, because whenever we feel like you know we're going into anxiety or stress or um, that that sort of negative mindset, it's usually when we're focusing on what's missing or what's lacking in some way. And this is where things like social media, like I just mentioned, can really make that so much worse because all of a sudden we're focusing on this child's doing that, so-and-so's child's doing this. And, and I do hear a lot of that on the program, like people comparing their children to what other people are doing or you know, they're, where they're at. So I think the key is to look at, rather than what's missing, what's lacking, um, to turn your attention onto what is working well for you mm -hmm. and your child. Um, what are your achievements and what, you know, what can you build on that is positive? Because when you shift your mindset and go, well, actually, my child's got really lovely qualities. They're really kind. They're very caring. You know, they have got all these lovely gifts that um, is unique to them. And I think when we focus on those things, we, we, we feel so much better. We feel happier. 
and there, uh, it reduces a lot of that anxiety about worrying about our children or you know what the, what's their life going like all of that stuff that we project into the future so I think it's just looking at you know what can I be grateful for and um, coming back to focusing on those positive things rather than what's missing to what what's working for us oh well actually you know what when I start focusing on all those things there's a lot that's going really well and um, I've actually got a lot to be grateful for so I think that's something that a lot of us get caught in that trap so I really encourage you to focus on what are your achievements what have you what's your child achieving what are their lovely qualities and and um, what are you grateful for? So shifting your attention, you'll notice you'll instantly feel better. And what we focus on is what grows. The more you're focusing on that, the more you're going to see that as well, rather than all those things, you know, that feels like it's not how you want it to be or is missing in some way. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, it's so interesting what you said about that social media thing. And I think um, that that experience of FOMO that people get, that fear that they're somehow missing out, that they're, I don't know, being held back in some way is so exacerbated by that social media thing. And I like to reclaim FOMO and turn it into a JOMO, <laughs> the joy of missing out oh, on things that aren't for us. You know, reclaim, yeah. reclaim that experience of, you know what, maybe their life is like that. Maybe it's not, it's social media. But even if it was, the joy of missing out on things that aren't for me and claiming what is ours. Lovely. You know? I love That's that. That's my thoughts. I love that. <laughs> so good. And, um, you know, just by shifting our focus, it really changes how we feel. Um, so, you know, try it and just see how you instantly feel better. So our mind is very powerful. Um, the last one is really, um, you know, anxiety is really just fear that is projected into the future when we're focusing on what we don't want or what, you know, what we're worried about for the future. And this is something I see a lot of parents on the program doing where they're really worried about all these things in the future um, and really looking at what they're scared of happening. So one of the things I like to do is get them to look at, we do a future vision session where we step out towards the end of their life and just actually see what, you know, if you were to have achieved everything you've wanted, living your best life, what is it that you see and you feel in the future for you and your family? And as soon as they go out to that place, it is just beautiful. You see they instantly shift their focus they feel peaceful, they feel calm, and they see that bigger picture again. And I think that's so important because we can get a bit stuck in the weeds like this is never going to change, my child's never going to get this or whatever, all those things that are going on. So I would suggest, first of all, take a step back, look at the bigger picture again, um, look at that future that you want to work towards because what we're focusing on is what we're moving towards. So the more we focus on what we don't want, what we're scared of, the more we're actually moving in that direction and creating that. So shift your focus, even if you have to literally get your head and go, we're not going that way, we're going this way. What is it that you want for your future, for your family? And really just stay focused on that. You will instantly feel better, more positive, more in control, but you'll also be creating the things that you want um, rather than moving in the direction of what you don't want or what you're you know, fearful of. So that is a really powerful exercise. Obviously, we won't do the whole exercise here today, but um, you know, maybe it's one you just want to try at home and, and step out and um, just see that bigger picture again. What is it that we want? This is our 
you know, us living our, our life that we want to move towards, our vision for our family, and really then break it down. Okay, what do we need to do towards that? That'll just give you that different perspective. So um, I think that's an important one mm. as well. Mm, absolutely. I'm reading this excellent book at the moment, which I think you would really like. It's called The Confident Mind by Dr. Nate Zindler. Zinsler, rather. Um, and he talks so much about the neurological underpinnings of things like envisaging your future, of, of, of the things about not focusing on, on what you want. And it's so interesting, the more that we um, establish those neurological pathways, those neuro, neurobiological tracks thinking about the things that we that we do want, that we do want to focus on, that we do want to move our lives towards, the more our brain responds and becomes efficient in creating that reality for us. Absolutely. Right. How smart are our brains? It is amazing. And mm -hmm. we all have a reticular activating system, mm -hmm. which is like our filter system. Yeah. So once it's programmed to look for something, it will find more of that. So it will find a way to achieve those goals once you have those goals. Um, and so it's so powerful to really, as you said, to focus on those things because that your, your mind will find a way to help you achieve that rather than moving in the direction of what you don't want. Um, and it also comes back to what you're focusing on because when we're focusing on the lack and the negative, our reticular activating system looks for more evidence of that. So again, that's why it's so important to shift our focus because then we're programmed to look for things that are working and what we want and more positive things. And that breeds that success cycle. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great. Mm. Sounds like a great book, Ella. Yes, it's <laughs> such yeah. a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, so they would be my top tips. Um, I guess one last one I just wanted to point out was our self-talk um, mm -hmm. because self-talk is really powerful as well. Um, so I guess I've got four tips today. Love it. But um, I do an exercise with um, people in the group where we go through their day and they actually close their eyes and look at what do I say to myself throughout the day when I'm getting ready, when I'm going through the day and looking at how positive or negative that self-talk is. Because if you're constantly saying to yourself, I'm so stressed, I'm so anxious, my anxiety, you know, those things are actually really creating more and more of that. Mm. Whatever we're saying to ourselves, we are programming ourselves. So we need to really keep that self-talk positive. So I would really encourage you to have an affirmation, something that where you're saying to yourself, over and over again, something like, uh, you know, I am safe and all is well in my world. Uh, that's just a really beautiful one that I think resonates with a lot of people. Another nice one might be, I'm feeling calmer and calmer every day. Now, at the moment, maybe that doesn't feel real, but the more you say it, the more you are programming yourself at the subconscious level and that becomes your new reality so you start saying those things so if you go into that i'm so stressed no stop i am feeling calmer and calmer every day so that self-talk really important and i would really encourage you to write down an affirmation something that feels good to you and use that as often as you possibly can yeah. Yeah. So um, what about you, Ella? What are your tips for today? Well, I mean, there was a lot of areas that I feel like we could talk about in terms of stress and anxiety. And I wanted to kind of mention the relationship that parents and their kids have kind of in um, reference to stress and anxiety. So my um, 
my clients talk a lot about the role that their stress and anxiety plays on their children's stress and anxiety. And I think that that is, you know, part of the journey of being an autism parent or, you know, a parent in general, I would say, um, and understanding, okay, well, what role do my own emotions play in my child's emotions? Absolutely. Right? It's such a big part of the puzzle. So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to bring in, all right, well, we're stressed, we're anxious, we're kind of elevated. What's happening to our kids? Where are they at? How, How is it affecting them? So there's some really interesting research uh, by Dr. Stephen Porges, and he's put forward a couple of theories around the way that um, not just parental or caregiver um, agitation stress levels, but really any interrelational stress levels are affected by um, uh, by each other, by anybody who we're in relationship with in, in whatever form that might be. So that could be um, a teacher or a psychologist, it could be a colleague and most primarily, especially for children and in our context, it's that care-a-parent relationship. So he talks a lot about co-regulation um, and the polyvagal theory, which you can Google it. It's, you know, this isn't, it's not the time. But um, I want to kind of um, get our parents to have a think about, okay, when, when my child was an infant, um, we uh, were so... Uh, connected with how that that child was feeling and we knew instinctively or you know with practice and understanding them ways that we could use our own regulation to regulate our child so the most common example of this is something like um, breastfeeding or cuddling and rocking or humming and singing to a child having eye contact skin-to-skin contact, a cuddle, any of those things were so key to regulating our child's emotions, right? And so there's a whole lot of complex hormonal stuff that goes on there. But the key endocrine element that goes on here is the release of oxytocin. And so oxytocin is our bonding and calming uh, chemical. We love oxytocin over here. We're big fans. (laughs) And um, Oxytocin can continue to be released by any interpersonal um, positive interactions for, you know, the length of our child's um, development. So often after they lose that really physical, physiological dependence on us to help them move around, feed themselves, those sorts of things, we also can get in this cycle of not realizing that they're still really emotionally dependent on us to regulate them. They don't need us to move them around anymore, but they need us to move their emotions around. So my big things are have a look into where your emotions are at with uh, with respect to your child does you know when you're you're feeling anxious and stressed you're in a rush that kind of thing what does your child's behavior do when you're feeling super zen you've just had I don't know a long weekend full of chocolate um, you're feeling like you can handle anything how is your child's behavior looking what do their meltdowns look like are they shorter because you're able to bring them to you and soothe them what does that mean, you know? Um, and there's a really interesting uh, process called neuroception, which um, Lacrone mentioned before, goes on at a kind of pre-conscious level, which is your child's um, neurobiological receptors in their brain um, called neurons v- kind of vibrating, to use a kind of metaphor, at a similar frequency to yours right? They have this sense of, okay, this person is calm. 
They're, they're reading your facial expression subconsciously. They're reading your body language, the tone in your voice to know, am I safe or am I unsafe in this situation? So be conscious of the message that you're sending them. You know, be aware that you are their emotional, um, their emotional bedrock, you know, and use that to help both yourself and your child. So I'd really um, urge you to look into um, your own emotions, your own stress levels and see how you can um, connect with your child to co-regulate um, and to make the most of that connection that you really can have with your child through co-regulation because it can be incredibly powerful and also incredibly um, unhelpful <laughs> if we're not super yeah. aware of it. So that's kind of my little um, adjunct there. But we have a really interesting question um, that I'm going to ask Renee from one of our lovely listeners. Her name is Rachel um, and she's from Fremantle and she asks, I feel like I have so many plates spinning that when my son, who's 12, can't cope with something, I don't have time to talk him through it and he ends up escalating further. Any advice? What do you reckon? Well, I think it comes back to um, th that maintenance of, of um, managing yourself to start with to the point where, you know, we're talking about filling our cup up so that when we can cope better just in general with things so you know if you are taking that time out for yourself and as Ella said like you know our anxiety levels actually impact our children I know myself when I'm um, in the past if I've been really stressed or anxious my children are mucking up like and it's crazy you know like I'm sure every parent goes yes yeah, so I can see that direct <laughs> correlation yes. so I think the key is to get uh, manage yourself ongoing manage your state um, because when you're managing yourself filling your cup up consistently you are able to, to manage things better and it's not getting to that point where you just can't be there for your children because you're so stressed out or um, you know you're not coping yourself and that's why it's really important to manage your own emotions your own um, well-being um, self-care extremely important because it will help you go oh you know what I actually have got something to give here because I'm not running on empty and it sounds to me like maybe that's what's going on is that you know maybe Rachel you are feeling like you're a bit on empty so I would look at what can I do to to fill myself up regularly look after myself because that's where you can have more time and energy for your son without feeling like you've just got nothing left to give so I think that would be the the, um, the key thing there, obviously prioritizing our time and being organized, things like that come into that as well. But I, I feel like the biggest thing with that is probably just filling your cup up um, so that you're able to give more when, you know, whenever your son needs that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the only thing that I would add, Rachel, is that um, examine your plates. How many plates do you have? Why are they there? Are they serving you? Are they serving um, Mr. 12-year-old? And um, what are the structures that are underpinning that? H how are you creating your life to success, to, you know, set yourself and, and Mr. 12-year-old up for success in terms of being able to cope? You know, there's a lot of pressures on families. And I think if we can at least really critically engage with the things that we're adding into our life, that, you know, our big rocks that Renee talks about, examine your big rocks can we throw some of them out we love to throw out a big rock over here and I think um you know really addressing it at that fundamental level 
do you, you know, what is the, this big shift that we can make um, is really going to have the most massive trickle-down effect, Rachel. I hope that helps. Please um, reach out to us if you would like to um, get some more detailed advice or, you know, get some coaching sessions happening. We would love to be able to support you. Um, so finally, Renee, did you have any quick-fire action points for our parents this week? Well, I, you know, I always like to ask the parents, what is the biggest thing that you're taking from today's session uh, or what we've shared today? I'm sure there's more than one, but just want you to reflect on that for a moment. And also, what can you action from that today? So even just putting into place at least one thing that you go, right, you know, I know that I need to start doing that or I'm going to action that straight away. So my question is, what can you action from that today? Uh, get that happening you know that momentum creates momentum so just even making one change can really make a big difference great and I think um, uh, I think I would say that um, if you are worried about this kind of thing um, the most important thing you could do is to slow down you know if we can do that um, even just um, a few minutes to, to give yourself some time to think that's going to be a great step in the right direction so thank you so much for listening to the autism 360 podcast the 360 method today we will see you back next week um, and until then think 360